Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 216 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I am your host, Paul Marquis, and today we're going to be titling this podcast as I Missed It, But I Learned From It. And um, I want to talk a little bit about a patient I evaluated and kind of missed a few things and felt like crap about it. And I'll give you the patient scenario, tell you his story, which I hope to use as a teaching tool, not only for you, but for myself also. Uh, Stay tuned to hear more about a mistake that I made, got lucky, and turned a negative into a positive. And uh, right after uh, we hear a word from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by MedBridge. Harnessing the power of technology to help you advance your career and improve patient outcomes, MedBridge delivers over 2,000 evidence-based CE courses and more than 7,000 specialized patient exercises available whenever you need them from wherever you are. MedBridge goes beyond CEUs. They're leading the space. From interactive webinars led by top industry leaders to the first-ever HEP patient mobile app, MedBridge has taken learning to the next level for over 200,000 PTs, OTs, ATs, SLPs, and nurses, and those they serve. For a limited time, use promo code OEP to receive $175 off your annual subscription. At MedCorp Professionals, we offer mobility aids, bracing and supports, compression garments, post-mastectomy care, and much more. Your health and well-being are important to us. Your recovery is our priority. Our certified team will guide you to the right products based on your medical needs, recent procedures, or mobility restrictions. Visit us on Route 1 in Scarborough or at MedCorpPro.com. We are Mark and Kelly Hassett, owners of MedCorp. And we keep you moving forward. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. So um, I know I sound a little somber talking about this, and uh, I'll be honest, it's not really easy to be told that, you know, you might have uh, treated someone for nothing or that you missed a diagnosis, and it's even harder to admit it to your peers. But finally, I looked at it as a lesson to be learned, and uh, as I have always said in the past, you never stop learning. So here we go. Um Approximately two years ago, I saw this really nice gentleman who I had seen in the past for multiple issues, and I knew him fairly well, and he really confides uh, in me uh, about a lot of stuff and really comes to me first for uh, a lot of things. And he came in with a a diagnosis uh, from an orthopedic surgeon that was subacromial impingement, and um, he went to see a specialist, somebody who is really, really skilled at, at shoulders, and um, I took their word for it. I did an evaluation that confirmed that there was, you know, um, some impingement in that shoulder, some obvious rotator cuff issues, some weakness, obviously some pain, uh, also some, you know, cervical spine, upper trapezius discomfort, um, and... Uh, this gentleman was a coroner, so let's just give you a little history about what he does. He he helps to move uh, people who have passed away, uh, and bodies are always hard to move, and so that always caused him some discomfort in his shoulder, and uh, lifting on coffins, and moving coffins, and doing things like that. Anytime he was doing any physical labor, uh, especially involving his arm, he had um, this this chronic discomfort that, that got worse when he did his activities, and so... I proceeded to evaluate him, identified the impingement, 
started to treat him, you know, with the obvious postural retraining and rotator cuff activation, maybe even some soft tissue modalities. You know, and I did this for a reasonable amount of time, three to four weeks, and he he just was not showing any improvement. So he was going back to his surgeon. I sent a letter, a comprehensive letter explaining, you know, that we were not showing improvement. He was continuing to have this discomfort, especially with his activities at work. And um, he ended up undergoing a subacromial decompression with a, uh, a biceps tenotomy. Came back to physical therapy after that for his post-operative rehab. We treated him for about four to six weeks, you know, really, uh, you know, hoping that this would take care of it. And it did not. He continued to have the shoulder pain. He went back to work, was still having some discomfort. Um, his, you know, his upper trap continued to bother him, and that was still there. So I, I, I started to suspect that maybe I missed something in the initial evaluation when I did a cervical spine clearing. So I reassessed him, and I, I'm telling you, I spent a lot, a tremendous amount of time with this patient, you know, racking my brain about what this could be. So um, he continued to have this, this, uh, you know, upper trapezius discomfort pain into his shoulder and um and so i i started asking you know is there anything that i missed or what other activities seem to make this worse is there anything else that makes it worse or makes it better and he says you know what i've noticed is when i go down into my basement which i do several times a day um my my the height of the ceiling is quite low and so when I get down there, I have to bend my neck to one side so I can clear the ceiling so I don't hit my head. And I spend some time down there, and then I come back up, and it seems to bother me every time I go down there. And so I'm like, well, this, this looks like cervical spine. So I reevaluate the cervical spine. He does have some slight signs and symptoms, but no, you know, no home run out of the park on this one. But he did have some signs and symptoms consistent with the cervical nerve root compression. So we got him in for an MRI. He has an MRI and incidentally finds a, a nerve root compression in the cervical spine. I can't remember what level it was at. I think it was C6. And so um, proceeds with surgery because he'd been having this discomfort for about a year and it just was not getting better. So he proceeds with an anterior cervical spine fusion, comes out of surgery, and his symptoms are not changed whatsoever. And uh, so he comes back to therapy. We do treat him a little bit and um, still not showing any improvement. So I am discouraged. The patient is discouraged. We're talking to the physicians about this and why are we not getting to the bottom of this this issue? And um, so the patient stops coming in for a little bit and I approximately two months later meet him at a grocery store, local, local grocery store, and I'm going down the aisle with my cart, and I hear this yell in the background. I hear, Paul, Paul. And I turn around, and it's the guy that I was treating. And he says, come here, come here. And he was always generally kind of a quiet guy, but he was really, really excited about this. I, I didn't know where he was going with this. And so he says, I'm better, I'm better. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I said, what was it? He said, I was having a heart attack. And my jaw hit the floor and I felt awful. I felt absolutely awful. I said, what do you mean you were having a heart attack? He says, I, I, you know, about a week later after I was done physical therapy, I wasn't feeling really good. And I was having this, this pain in my chest and everything was getting heavy. And uh, he said, I ended up in the emergency room. They did emergency open heart surgery on me and my shoulder and neck pain are gone. 
He said, completely, completely gone. He said, and so we started having this this discussion in the grocery store. And I first of all apologized because I just I felt absolutely awful. And he says, How were you supposed to know that I had an underlying heart attack? And then we come to we you know we came to figure out that when he was lifting on the coffins and lifting on the bodies, he was exerting himself enough to get that heart rate up there and to to have some ischemia and to and to develop some early signs of a heart attack and then he would stop and it would go away and then with the whole stair situation and going into his basement it wasn't the position of his neck trying to not hit the ceiling it was the going up and down the stairs that caused him the neck and the shoulder discomfort it was the cardiovascular stress that he was having that was causing him this this pain um and so i was i was blown away I felt bad for days, you know. I came home, talked to my wife about it. She's a physical therapist, and uh, you know, I talked to my coworkers about it, and and um, I just felt absolutely awful about it. But then I I, I finally decided to myself. Number one, the, the, the patient didn't die, so that was a, a positive. He's still happy, and he still appreciates what we did to try to help him in his situation. And we really went out of our way to try to do what we could. And I know it was kind of an unusual presentation, but. Um, I thought that I would take that information and learn from it, number one, and maybe teach with it. And since then, I've seen two other people uh, who have had very similar presentations. Uh, and um, so what it has done, it has changed my approach to evaluating patients to really, I used to think I thought outside of the box, but that box can be inside another box and think outside of that other box also. And I, I think that we need to be persistent. Uh, we don't know it all. Some of these things are just out of our hands and they're just very unusual. Um, but I think that I have helped other people since this incident, I want to call it an incident, um, to help identify these types of issues earlier. So, folks, if anything from today's uh, you know message, I hope that you've learned maybe a little something about how, you know, it's not perfect. The human body is is not easy to diagnose. It's very difficult. We go to school a long time to learn a lot of stuff, and the things that we see every day, it's a, it's simple. You know, it's a piece of cake. But um, there are those folks every once in a while that are going to stray from the normal, and I think we need to keep an eye out for that. I think we still need to be passionate for what we do, and we need to not just dismiss things, and we need to follow through and follow up and talk to you know people who are um, you know good at other things that you may not be great at. So, um, you know, that's my story. That's my story about how I I kind of felt like I failed, but um, felt like I could take this and turn it from a negative into a positive and hopefully help you folks out there um, look at patients a little bit differently. And, um, you know, we even discussed this with his neurosurgeon and, and talked about, you know, this. And so I think it's important that we, we help each other out, that we listen, we be attentive, we be patient with patients. Um, but folks, and then some of you, you know, some of you may have been listening at this uh, to this podcast at the beginning and said, well, are we going to clear some sort of a cardiac issue? Um, you know, and then for some of you, it might be like, wow, I've never heard anything like this before. But if you have anything that might be an unusual situation or an unusual story like this, I'd love to hear it. So be sure to send it to me. My email is in the links of the show notes. And, um, you know, be sure to uh, check out our sponsors and check out our YouTube channel. We've got a lot of stuff uh, coming up and we 
have uh, content coming out constantly. We have some new technologies coming up, so we'll be talking about that soon. And uh, again, folks, thank you so much for listening to the Ortho Valpal podcast. I really appreciate your time, your comments, your concerns, and um, your willingness to learn more. Um, so take care and be good to each other. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpals.com. Can't wait to see you there.